This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome. Here we go. It's another... Your Saltwater Guide Seminar podcast, uh, live feed, whatever you want to call it. We are ready and going. We're full speed here, live. Your Saltwater Guide. It's Promar Ahi USA Tuesday, gang. Thanks for joining us. We always showcase a Promar Ahi product. We'll show you something in a little bit. But uh, today we're, we were going to talk about the five things you need to know when you're going offshore. But then I was watching the news this morning and for the first time in my lifetime, they are talking about red tide, a prediction that we're going to have massive red tide this weekend. And it makes a lot of sense. If you really slow down and think about it, gang, we had the most prolific, wintertime rain that we've ever had in Southern California that I can remember. And I go back a couple of years and we never saw anything like we're, we saw this year, the amount of rain and it's still raining. and it was drizzling yesterday morning in Southern California. Then what happened is we had cold water for a very, very long time. Then it jumped up five, six degrees last week. And then lo and behold, here comes all that wind again. And, one of the boats was talking to me this morning, and they had 57-degree water leaving Newport Harbor this morning. And pretty much staying right at 60 going down the coast. And the guys that I'm talking to, Dana Point, are seeing 61, 62-degree water. And so we're going to talk about the red tide and what it means. The reason why they were talking about it on the news today was because the California sea lions are washing up on the beaches, and now it's a big major news story because a handful of sea lions have died from red tide. That's what they're saying anyway, and uh, I don't know if it's caused from the red tide or what it's caused from, but I guarantee you a lot of animals are going to die this year because they're... Uh, going to starve because they're overpopulated. Like we talked about before, a couple days ago on our show, we talked about the California sea lion. So we'll talk a little bit about that and I'll explain more about red tide today. And we'll try to get, we'll try to touch on the five things I believe you need to know to, to catch fish when you go offshore. We'll talk about that. But this, this uh, red tide thing is kind of a big deal. And a lot of people have misconceptions of what it is. 
Now, this isn't the same red tide that they had in from Piney Point over there in Tampa Bay. That's a totally different red tide. That was a chemically induced red tide. And that was a massive die off of all the fish. This red tide in Southern California is actually a real red tide. And this is caused by the amount of nutrients that went into the water during that big runoff that we had. Then the fluctuation of the temperature of the water when the plankton starts to bloom and you have the massive amounts of photoplankton blooming, blooming and then the massive amounts of zooplankton blooming because of the photoplankton and then the water temperature drops. So the water temperature dries at a very fast rate and that causes this plankton to die off and then it causes red tide. And when it causes that red tide, the red tide restricts the oxygen levels in the water. A lot of times that red tide floats on the top four or five feet of the water and it doesn't doesn't go from the top to the bottom. And then a lot of times it goes from the top to the bottom. So this is the very first time I've ever seen a prediction of red tide. I've never seen that before. Maybe I wasn't paying attention enough or I'm not sure, but oh, really? We're not getting good transmission here, gang? Can you all hear me? Those of you on uh, TikTok and YouTube, can you get our... Facebook and YouTube, can everybody hear me okay? Everybody, somebody leave. Brian, can you hear me okay? Is this thing working all right? Somebody said they're having a rough time hearing me. Oh, it works good. Okay, thanks, Brad. All right, well, we'll just keep going. It might be you. It might be something. Yeah, bioluminescence is caused by the plankton. Absolute, by the, by the plankton. And then when you have a massive die-off. Okay, thanks, Rodney. When you have a massive die-off, yeah, you're going to see more of the bioluminescence in the water just because of the amount of plankton in the water. But gang, just relax. One thing I want to tell you is not all things live forever. Not everything deserves to live. The weak are not going to make it through this. The weak sea lions. To take our hard-earned um, tax money and spend it feeding this wild animal that's one more time mother nature's trying to take care of mother nature and here we are i was watching this news feed this morning massive amounts of sea lions are going to the uh, shelters to get nursed back to health and that is just unbelievable if you're that worried, what, why aren't we taking care of our veterans? Why aren't we taking care of our, our fellow citizens? Why are we wasting money on a nature-made phenomenon that is set to help cull the animals in the ocean and on land? When natural things happen, they happen for a reason. It's the way of the world. It's been going on long before we got here, and it'll go on long after we're gone. Mother Nature takes care of Mother Nature, and here we are once again in there mixing it up with Mother Nature, and we're getting, they're starting to feed these animals that are dying from the red tide. Well, they're actually really dying from starvation, but we're not allowed to say that, but I did because of who I am. But now we're taking them, nursing them back to health where they're starving to death and putting them back in that environment where they're starving to death. Why are they starving to death, Captain Dave? Because they're overpopulated. I'm sorry. If we're so worried about that, let's spend all this money on a cure for cancer or let's spend all this money giving free insulin to all our diabetic citizens. 
I'm sorry. Did I actually? I know we can't talk about that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about this red tide and the California sea lion. And then they threw in the handful of dolphins that washed up on the beach, but they don't have any pictures of them or anything, but they used the word dolphin. And I think they used that just to pull at your heartstrings some more so they can get more of your tax paying money to save a wild animal that's dying because of a cause of mother nature, which is absolutely the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen in my life. I just cannot believe this is going on today. Once again, and it goes right in line with what we were talking about a few days ago. I can't even believe this sets up like this. I don't know how it happens, but I am very, very happy that it's all over the news. You're going to see it on all the YouTube news channels. That's where I get my news. Sorry, I don't watch network news, but I get it from the YouTube news channels, and there's everybody's talking about these sea lions that washed up on the beach in Southern California, but they don't talk about all the harm that these animals cause and why they're overpopulated. That never comes into effect. On that news that I was watching, they were talking about how we need to get together and try to save these animals that are washing up on the beaches by a natural phenomenon made by nature not by man and then they tried to twist it up and start i was watching and i was like uh oh i told kelly i said watch this they're gonna spin it up and it's gonna be about fishermen and oh my goodness they had some booger eater on there and you could see him he was eating his boogers while he was talking it was amazing i said look at him he's picking a big bug while he's talking babe and he started to blame the fishermen. And he started to say that it was be this massive die-off of the red tide was caused by the fishermen, by overfishing. I about fell out of the bed. I had coffee coming out of my nose. I just was like, oh my gosh, you can totally see the script. They're sitting there with the script as they're chewing on their boogers. And they're just, it's like the most unbelievable thing. How it all twists around and always ends up being our fault is the most craziest thing I've ever heard of. It's just crazy. The, calf, the red tide is a natural phenomenon that's going to have a really good effect on the ocean. It's going to clean it up. It's going to be spectacular. Come the end, of July, the end of June, beginning of July, all this red tide will make the ocean much cleaner. It's like a giant filtration system. When it goes away, and that's the funny thing, like we talked about it last year. When it goes away, gang, it just, one morning we're complaining about the red tide being everywhere. And then the next morning we go out fishing and the red tide's gone and we don't hear about it anymore. Nobody's talking about it. It's just a natural phenomenon that's been going on since I was a little kid in the 60s. We had the red tide and we really get a lot of it when we have a lot of rain. And we had a phenomenal amount of rain, like we talked about. So all these things play into effect for the red tide. And don't panic. Don't get all wound up thinking that this is the end of civilization or the end of fishing as we know it. It's not. It's a natural phenomenon that happens every year. It's a hot button. It's a hot thing that's going on right now in California. Everybody's talking about red tide. And I just want you to know that it's going to be okay and we'll get out of this like we do every year and come the middle of July, you're, you're going to not even remember the word red tide and then you'll remember it again next year in June. It happens every year. 
and it's got nothing to do with what's happening to the sea lions, okay? So just remember that, all right? So that's what we were going to start to show off with today, and now we're going to talk about offshore fishing and how important it is for the five things that I believe are super important. You can go look at the video on our website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. You can check it all out. But um, the five things that are the most important things to have when you're going offshore, once the very, very first thing is you must, must, must know how to use your fish finder, radar, GPS unit. That is super important. If you're going offshore and you don't know how to use those things, but you, somebody's sister's brother's aunt's cousin told you there was some fish to catch offshore, and off you're going to go. But you didn't even figure out how to use your machines. That's really scary and really bad. And you don't want to get out there in the middle of the ocean and try to start figuring out how to use your fedometer, your fish finder. You don't want to get out there when it gets foggy or gets dark and you don't know how to use your radar. And you want to try to figure it out in the dark and in the fog. Those are the worst times. Franklin, how are you today, sir? Thanks for the phenomenal reports. Those are awesome. And everybody loves seeing your boy smiling there with that halibut. That's an awesome, awesome post. And thank you for stepping up, gang. If you aren't paying attention to the community we're building over at Your Saltwater Guide, you may want to take a few minutes out of your busy day and go look at it. Because what I'm telling you is it is a very, very, very safe, clean community with zero negativity. There's plenty of negative all over the place. You can go be negative everywhere. This community is built by the members of the website for each other so they can share what they're doing and show pictures of their success and share it with each other so you can be successful when you go fishing on your own private boat also. And this year, starting out very weird, that bluefin, there's like zero consistency on the bluefin and and there's a lot of people that aren't going fishing because I'm waiting until the big bluefin bite. God, you're missing out on so much cool other stuff. The halibut fishing, that's insane. The calico bass fishing, that's insane. There's so much other stuff to catch, but well, that'll be for a different day for a different discussion. Right now, we're talking about the things that are important to have on your boat, the five things that you need to make sure you have when you go offshore. And number one is the machines, your three machines, your radar, your fish finder, and your GPS. And if you don't have a GPS, you better be sharp. On, I mean, if you don't have a radar, you better be sharp on your GPS because that's going to be how you get home. You're going to follow your track line right back to your dock because this time of year, gang, with the fluctuation of the water temperature in Southern California, we have a tendency to have a lot of fog. And it's going to be that way probably until the middle of July as the water gets to a temperature where it matches the air. But as long as the air is colder than the water or the water is colder than the air, you're going to have that fog effect. So it's going to be imperative that you know how to use your radar, GPS, and your fish finder. Why do we need to know how to use our fish finder in the fog or in the dark? Because you don't want to run into anything. And if, if you see the bottoms come shooting up while you're driving, you're like, oh, we might not be where we thought we were. So you want to make sure you know how to use your fish finder. You want to know how to. And uh, John, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get political. I stay away from that kind of garbage. But it happens every once in a while when I get wound up about something. And when I was watching the news this morning, I apologize. I got a little wound up. And we'll try to never do that on this show because it's not worth it. 
I'm not going to change anyone's mind, so I don't even try. But back to what we were talking about, gang. Those three, three units are super important. Now, the next thing, we had Jimmy Kingsmill on the show a couple months ago talking about the gyro-stabilizing binoculars. If you do not have a very, 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 very good pair of binoculars, they don't have to be gyro-stabilized. They don't have to be $3,000, $4,000 binoculars because I know a lot of you can't afford it, but they got to be a good pair. You do not want to spend your day offshore fishing for boats. That is not why you went offshore. But if you, like Jimmy said in the interview, if you don't have a really good pair of binoculars on your boat, all you're doing, you can lie to us. You can make up a bunch of baloney, but you're fishing for boats the whole time. If you don't have a phenomenal pair of binoculars, you're fishing for boats. Like Jimmy was saying, and I was saying, we can look at a boat four or five miles away and tell what's going on over there in that area. If you have a good pair of binoculars and it looks like there's a whole bunch of ruckus going on and birds and fish foaming and the whole world's on fire, then maybe work your way down towards that boat. But, but if you don't have a good pair of binoculars, you can see three or four miles and you have to drive over to that boat to see what's going on. That's what we call fishing for boats, gang. And you don't want to do that. These are super important things to understand and to know and to be aware of your electronics and your binoculars, two things that are super important to success when you're out there fishing on your private boat. Now, the next thing is you're going to want the biggest bait tank you can possibly fit on your boat. You want the very biggest bait tank. Why, Captain Dave? Why do I want this big, giant bait tank? Because when you're offshore and you find that fish or that kelp patty that's biting, there's nowhere to get bait when you run out of bait. There is no bait barge in the middle of the ocean. There's nobody. If you don't know a bunch of boats out there, the chance of one of those boats out there giving you some of their bait, which is like gold, is probably not going to happen. So you want to make sure you got the biggest bait tank you could possibly have on your boat. If you, Nick, if you think I'm, why are you watching me? He's one of those millennials. They think, I don't like watch, I don't like your videos. Well, then why do you watch, gang? This is crazy. I never understood this. I'm 62 years old. When we didn't like something on TV, you know what we did? We got up, walked over, and changed the channel. Then when we got a remote, we just pushed the button and changed the channel. We never, in our wildest imagination, we try to call the TV station or the radio station and say, I don't like that guy that's on doing his live show at 12 o'clock. I don't like him. Don't watch. God, grow up. Be a big boy. Put your big boy pants on. Turn off the video. It's real simple, girls. You can turn it off. You do not have to watch me. Oh, my goodness. That just blows my mind. I had a guy call me last week. Tell me all about how he doesn't like watching me. <laughs> okay, don't watch me. It's real cool. I get 30 million views a month. I don't care if you don't watch. It's not going to change what Kelly and I eat for dinner. Don't watch. It's real simple. It's real easy. Don't watch. Turn it off. Oh, there he is again making another lame comment. You poor thing. You're just adorable, though. You think I really care what you think. That is adorable. Okay, so back to what we were talking about. Know how to use all your electronics. Know that you have a really good pair of binoculars and you don't have to fish for boats. 
Then the third thing, that big bait tank, you want to make sure you have plenty of bait. It's super important. Have plenty of bait. Make sure you have all the bait you can possibly fit on the boat and make sure if you've got some, you're going to go out there to catch a bluefin, you got some of those dead flyers and you got more than one, you got five, 10, okay? Those dead flyers, you go through them quick when those fish are biting. You start to go through them very, very quickly. So the best thing to do is keep them, get two or three of them thought out, rigged up, ready to go so you can switch them out right away. And then have the other ones in the bottom of the ice chest where they stay frozen. And if you don't use them, then you take them back and you put it back in the freezer. But they've been biting the dead flyers on the days that that bluefin's biting. They've been biting the dead flyer. They've been biting the rubber flyer. When you're offshore and you've been on our website and you learned how to do it and you know how to do it right, that kite is super important. Have that kite and also have an extra kite when you're going offshore because Things happen. I've seen guys lose the kite because their line broke. I've seen all kinds of stuff. I've seen all kinds of things going on out there. You want to make sure you have a couple of kites on your boat if you're going kite fishing offshore. And you want to make sure that you have an extra spool of line to put on the kite rod or to put on the kite reel to make sure that if something bad happens and the line breaks or something, you, you're not out of the game. And then the, the last thing I would say that's super important is to understand that the most important thing after those four things is to make sure that you have a plan and you follow the plan. The biggest problem I see with people when they go offshore is they have a great plan when they leave in the morning. Then they turn on their VHF radio to channel 65 or channel 72 and they start, hey, Cubby Paul, love you, buddy. I'm so happy you're watching. Love you, man. I hope you're feeling a little bit better. Hang in there. See you down here in Cabo soon. But gang, something that's super important when you're doing that offshore thing is to stick with your plan. Cubby and I talk about this all the time. We see people all the time that end up coming out there and fishing for boats the whole time. And that takes you away from your plan. Your biggest, biggest enemy on your boat is your buddy. He's the biggest problem. He's the biggest hurdle you have to get over is your buddy. When he gets on your boat and he's standing behind you as you're driving out and he starts telling you, hey, hey, Cubby, there's five boats over there. And Kevin and I, we'd look over there and we'd go, yep, there sure is. You can count very well. Oh, don't you think we should go see what they're doing? <laughs> no, I got my gyro stabilizing binoculars. I looked at them when we were five miles away from them. I already know what they're doing. There's one guy hooked up to one fish and the other four boats are watching the one guy fight that one fish. And why is that? Because those four boats, the one guy had a plan. And he went out there and he executed his plan and he's hooked up and he's catching his fish of a lifetime. The other four boats had no plan. They don't own a pair of binoculars. They're part of the a big time um, fishing club, which is hilarious because most of these big time fishing club guys don't even have binoculars on their boats. But they're, they're out there and they're Fishing for that boat that's hooked up. And everybody's sitting around it. There's four boats to start off with. 
In an hour, there's 10 boats. Then there's 15. And Cubby and I are stoked because we see all that going on and we're like, <laughs> this is awesome. Those are 5, 10, 15 boats that aren't going to be bothering us today while we're out fishing for fish. We had a plan when we left the dock. We went fishing for fish and we're going to stay fishing for fish. We're not going to go fish for boats. I don't care if there's a hundred boats parked there. I am super excited. That means there's a hundred boats that aren't going to follow me around. It's unbelievable, gang, that this goes on every day, but it does. We're going to flash something up here real quick. Okay. This, this is a QR code for Promar. You, you simply go into the Promar store. Buy some cool stuff or look at all the cool stuff they have in the store. Enter through the QR code that I'm flashing up here right now. They got your hoop nets. They got all your hoop net gear. They got your deep drop swordfish gear. They got the lights. They got what you need to be successful. They got the live deception flash lures. They've got your uh, cedar plugs. I'm not going offshore without a cedar plug. I'm not going fishing in Cabo. I'm not going fishing in California. I'm not going fishing in Hawaii without having a cedar plug back in the pattern. Why is that? Because everything eats the damn thing. Cubby and I were talking about this one day when I was running sport boats back in the uh, early 90s. And a guy came on the boat and he was going to put that cedar plug in the water. And I was like, no, you're not putting that chunk of wood out behind our boat. We're getting bit on the zookers, on the zucchini and on the on the American, Mexican flag and on the abortion. We're using those right now. We're not, we're not going to put out a piece of wood behind the boat. That's not going to happen. There's no way. Then 10 minutes later, we hear, and we're albacore fishing, and we hook up. We stop the boat. I run down because I, as a captain, I always try to get a bait in on the slide. First bait, I run down the deck, throw my bait in the water, turn around to watch my deckhand gaff the fish, and here's a chunk of wood hanging out of the damn thing's mouth. Oh my gosh, I was like, I looked at the guy and I'm like, I, I just had to eat my words. I was, first I was gonna say, I thought I told you not to put that out there, but I think we came off of that stop with 35 or 40 Albies. It was a day maker stop because we didn't have poop on the boat before that. He put that piece of wood out and then it took another probably six, seven trips before I was totally convinced because it would work every damn day. And I, why is there a piece of wood back there spinning that's getting bit? That's that cedar plug gang. So I want you to go over to Promar Ahi USA if you're on TikTok. And if you're not, you go through that QR code right here on YouTube and Facebook. Go into their store. You're going to be blown away. They sell Everything you use on a daily basis, the sabikis, the sabiki rods, the cedar plug, the live deception flash jig, those uh, rock cod squirts we talked about last week and we talk about all the time. Everything's available over there. And then they heard about the contest with uh, ops and fluorocarbon. They heard about the contest with, with Roasted Anchor Coffee Company and they are like, we're going to offer, so there you're still on July 1st. This is what they've been promised. On July 1st, they're going to give a beautiful bag of swag away. Shirt, hat, couple of lures, probably a rock cod squirt, who knows. 
but they're going to give away a bag of swag and you don't have to purchase anything, but you have to go visit the store. And my social media director, Elliot, runs their store also. So we can track who visited the store. Yesterday, Dave Burris never bought a thing. He won a free spool of line because he went over to Opsin and he checked out the store at Opsin through the QR code. Kelly picked his name out of the hat yesterday and he won a free spool of line. That's how easy it is, gang. Grab the QR code, go to Promar and check it out. All right? We're going to pull the QR code up. So if you didn't get it, you're not going to get it. You'll get it next time or you'll get it on the rerun. QR code's coming up. Grab it quick. Hurry. I'm pulling it off. Go check out their store, gang. And that'll get you 10% discount if you decide to buy something. That QR code automatically gives you the 10% discount. We can't do that on TikTok. They won't allow it. They got like all kinds of crazy stuff going on at TikTok. They won't allow us to put the QR code up there. But if you do go to Promar Ahi USA from TikTok, when you're over there, you put in the code YSWD, YSWG when you're checking out, you save 10% on the product. These are products that you use every day, gang. It's not something I'm telling you, oh, you got to go try this. You're already using them. Gang, you're already using these products. So why don't you save a little money on them, get them shipped straight to your house. You won't have anything to worry about. You're already, I'm not going, hey, you know what? You need to check out this gobbledygook thing that we're trying to sell here. No, you're already using Promar products every day. Most of you don't even know it. When you go to their store and you wander around in there, you're going, they sell the bait scoops. They sell the landing nets. They sell the sabikis, the sabiki rods, the diamond jig that we grew up fishing with. They sell everything over there. So go check it out. No obligation necessary, but I know when you're in there and you're cruising around, you're going to buy some stuff because it's all there and you get 10% off. So check it all out. That's Promar Ahi USA, and we're getting, going back to what we were talking about. So when you're offshore, gang, and you're in a zone, and you've got a plan, and, you know, a lot of us have that job thing going on, and we don't have the luxury of being involved with five or six guys that fish for a living every single day that are feeding us information. We have to go to this job thing, and then we hear about Jimmy Joe Jack caught a tuna on the 43, but we don't even know how he did it or where he did it, but we know he did it. You need to get a plan and you don't want to plan from your plumber, even though your plumber's a cool dude or your electrician, she's a great lady, but why do you want to know what they know about fishing? If I want to know how to put in a breaker, I'll ask her. If I want to know how to put a 90 in, I'll ask him, but I'm not going to uh, ask her or him about fishing because I'm going to go and find somebody that fishes for a living every day or that has a cool website that fished for a living for 48 years that's willing to give you a plan talking to all the people from the inside and where do I get all that stuff at your saltwaterguide.com gang the game plans are crucial because not only do we tell you what they're biting how they're biting but we tell you what time there's a good chance that they're going to bite when that tide happens and that tide is super important offshore. We talked about it a couple weeks ago on our live podcast. We talked about how important the tide is and why is the tide so important and why does it matter? Because even marlin, bluefin, mackerel, sardines, anchovies, plankton, everything reacts to the slack tide. 
When the tide goes slack, everything comes to the surface to feed. Why? Well, that's how it's been since they were larvas. That's since they were little tiny animals. And a, a thousand pound marlin, he doesn't know he's a thousand pounds. They're fish. They're dumb. They're stupid. Don't overthink it. They don't know how big they are. So here's what happens. When the tide goes slack, they know they come to the surface. They know they come to the surface to feed. Yes, I have plenty of guides. I have people that'll take you fishing in Cabo all day, every day. I got really good friends that run really good high-end charter boats that will be more than happy to take you fishing down here, Alex. So, Andrew Lyons, I do not go, but I know people that do. So, look at when you got your plan, it's going to kind of explain to you. You got to go. Don't even get out there to 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The fish are floating in the afternoon when the tide goes slack. Because those fish come to the surface because they still think they're little tiny fish. They still think they're little anchovy-sized fish. And they know that when the tide goes slack, the little bait fish that they like to feed on are going to be on the surface. So they go up to the surface to eat. Everything on the water is out there. There's only two things they do. F feed and make more fish. Those are the only, only two things. And why they're making more fish, they're still feeding. And why they're feeding, they're making more fish. They all work hand in hand, side by side together. So you want to be out there when the tide goes slack. Down here fishing in Cabo in the big tournaments and stuff, you can tell when it's slack tide by the radio because they request everyone to call in when they get a hookup. All of a sudden, when the tide goes slack, the radio gets fire. It turns everybody, hookup, we're hooked, we're bit sector seven, we're bit sector eight, we're bit sector nine, we're bit sector 11. It's just crazy how the it'll be dead, 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 dead. The radio, there'll be a 200 boats out there fishing in. The radio's dead, and then an hour before it goes slack, all the way through the slack, and an hour after, the radio's on fire. Everyone's hooking up. Same thing happens offshore Southern California with that bluefin. That stuff has a tendency to want to come to the surface and feed, and you can be out on the, let's just say, you heard that the fish are biting on the 43. The 43 is a bank that comes up to 43 fathoms. From the surface. The 209 is a bank that comes up to 209 fathoms from the surface. The 181 is a bank that comes up to 181 fathoms. Why fathoms, Dave? Well, that's how the ocean's been measured since long before I was here, or long before Pete Grosbeck was here. The ocean's measured in fathoms. What's a fathom? Six feet. So that is a high spot in the ocean. If you can think about the ocean like a desert, it's a giant desert with little tiny oases in it. Those being the banks are the rocks are the kelp beds. These are oases in the desert and the fish like to congregate around the oasis, but they'll be down deep. They'll be somewhere where we don't know if we all knew where they were, then there wouldn't be any fish left, but we don't know where they go. But we know all of a sudden they start to appear when we start to get close to slack tide on these banks. They start to come to the surface of these banks as the tide starts to slow down the movement of the tide. And I don't care. We don't have giant 
tidal movements like they do back east. We don't have giant tidal movements like they do in the Chesapeake Bay and things like that, but we still have big tides. They're huge. If you think of the volume of the ocean and if it's going to, it's 5,000 feet deep and the, the water moves three or four feet up and down, that's a big tidal movement, gang. And that's going to affect the fish. That's going to cause them to want to come to the surface and feed. These are all things you need to know when you go offshore. A lot of people, I read their reports and I'm like, well, you didn't look at the game plan because I told you, don't even go out there till 2.30 in the afternoon. Go to the island, catch some halibut, catch some bass, try to catch a yellowtail. Then slide out there around 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon because that stuff's going to float at 4 o'clock. And you want to be in the zone and you want to start to locate the bait on your fish finder and you want to locate all these things. If any of this makes sense, and if you're thinking, gosh, I could be on a website where the guy actually explains this to me every Thursday so that I'll be successful when I go out fishing on my boat. Grab that QR code I just put up there on Facebook and YouTube. Those of you over on TikTok, go to YourSaltWaterGuide.com. Anybody that's afraid to put their credit card in, I hear you. Call me, 949-374-0786. Not only did I build you guys a phenomenal website so that you don't ever have to suck at fishing again, I took it a step farther this year. I took a lot of my personal money out of my bank account, and I built the most unbelievable app that you've ever seen. It carries over 500 videos on my app. It carries our live show on my app. It has the game plans on the app. It has the hot spots on the app and all these things you can have right there on your phone. You can download them before you leave and they'll stay live for 48 hours on the app. So you can go out to Catalina or San Clemente Island or offshore fishing and you got all the spots and all the game plans and everything right there. And when you start to follow these simple game plans and these simple recipes for success you'll be blown away at how easy this fishing thing is but the biggest problem most people have one is ego ego won't allow you to let someone help you but think about it like this the guy that's flying the airplane or the jet that you're going to fly to hawaii on or maui or you're going to fly to cabo or you're going to fly to seattle or wherever you're going to fly do you want him to figure it out on his own that day that he's flying you there? Hell no. You want him to be fully trained. You want him to know what the hell's going on. It's just like if you went to see a concert. Let's say you went to see, a, I don't know, anybody that you like, musical. Do you want them to try to figure out how to play the guitar that day that you show up at their concert? No, you want them to have fully practiced and know. Why would they not approach fishing that way? Why would you not want as much information as you can possibly get? I'm a member of Fish Dope. I'm a member of Bloody Decks. I'm a member of Billy Kay's Fishing. I'm a member of Captain's Concept. I'm a member of everything out there available to make sure that I'm going to give you the best information you can possibly have when you go fishing on your private boat. Now, are those guys that I just mentioned members of my website? I have no idea. They should be. But I don't care if they are or if they aren't because they're not giving you the most up-to-date information. If they're not, we got 
We got over 4,000 members that are out on the water all the time that are putting up these reports on the community section that are real. These are guys just like you and me that are out fishing every single day and they're sharing their success and they're telling you where they were, how, what they were doing and how they were doing it. And they're also letting you know how easy it was to follow the simple game plan. And we did exactly what Dave said. And at 3.30, the fish started to float. And there were, there were breeze and bluefin everywhere and foamers all over the place. Or we were fishing at Catalina and the fish bit right on the slack type. All these things are so easy to get and so easy to be a part of. But your ego is the biggest problem. You just can't put that in your tackle box and follow a little direction. I always made sure when I was running boats every single day that I called all my friends that were fishing every day and I got all the information I could possibly have. I never went out there and tried to figure this thing out on my own. That would be the dumbest thing I ever did. And my clients would hate that. They would have hated that if Dave would have gone out there and tried to figure it out on their own. I took all the information I could gather and then I put together the best game plan I could and I went out there and I got... I don't know, for 48 years, I was pretty damn successful. I was able to make a living and feed my family and buy houses and buy cars and send my kids to school and do all the cool things that parents do, all because of following a simple game plan. That's what you need to do, gang. You need to get off the fact that these superstars are fishing on Instagram and those other platforms that are telling you, hey, don't sign up for someone's website and learn how to do it right. Just go out there and figure it out like I had to. Well, the person's lying. They didn't figure anything out. Somebody showed them. Now they go and they run their backhoe for a couple hours a month, and then they go out fishing and they catch some fish because someone showed them how. I'm just telling you there's way easier, softer, kinder ways to do this. You do not have to figure it out on your own. Gang, I got something super exciting to tell you about. I'm going... As soon as this show's over, I'm running down to the marina and we're taking a boat with all those kids that you saw us catching all those Dorado with last year. We're taking those guys and we're going to Loretto. I'm leaving at two o'clock this afternoon. Tomorrow's show will be live from the water. They have Starlink on the boat. So we'll be in some beautiful cove, swimming, diving, snorkeling. And I'll be sitting in that cove doing my show live. So check it out. Tomorrow should be pretty exciting. Tomorrow is a Roasted Anchor Coffee Company. Or excuse me, no, tomorrow's Wednesday. Tomorrow's Akuma Wednesday. I got a really cool reel I want to show you tomorrow. We'll talk about that on the show tomorrow from out on the water. It's going to be fun. I haven't done a live show from out on the water for a long time, so I'm excited about it. I want you guys to tune in and check it out. I'll try to spin the computer around and show you the beautiful cove that we're in. And what we're doing and how we're doing it. You'll see the kids jumping off the boat, swimming around. Should be a fun day tomorrow. I'm super excited about that. But this weekend game, I'm looking right now. Hopefully they change it. But right now it looks like we're in for a phenomenal amount of wind starting on Wednesday afternoon, all through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it's for the first time ever. I've never seen this before where the weather stations are predicting red tide. So that's kind of weird. That must be one heck of a red tide if they're talking about it on, on uh, weather channels and stuff. So check it out. 
Go look around and see what I'm talking about. But this weekend, what I see right now, if I was planning my weekend, this is a great weekend to do some cool stuff around the house. It's a great weekend to make your significant other happy. It's a great weekend to go do stuff with the family because water's rolled over. It's very cold. There's going to be a lot of wind. And then if there's really that red tide shows up like they're saying, it's not a good weekend to go out there. It's a good weekend to get your tackle sorted out, get your reels sorted out, get your line sorted out, get your new lures, get all that stuff, get your boat ready, go through like I talked about a couple weeks ago, the things you need to have on your boat, private boat that are important. Make sure you get all that together. But right now, if I was planning, taking a look at weather, I would just cancel my trip for this weekend. It doesn't look good anywhere. I don't see anywhere yet. Cue ball, you're right. It's going to be a flipping washing machine out there, gang, if you know what that means. That means we got wind coming out of the west. We got swimming out of the south. You got just an unbelievable amount of garbage happening out of the water. You're going to get beat up pretty good. I, let's hope to gosh that that is wrong. Let's hope and pray that they're wrong with the weather. But right now, I would just say I wouldn't go... I love fishing too, more than you can even imagine. And I'm not going if it's blowing. There's no reason to. I when I lived in Southern California, we have about 350 beautiful days on those 15 crappy days. I don't know why anybody would want to go. If you're fishing in a tournament, then you got a really good chance of winning because this weather is going to make it gnarly. It's going to be tough. So if you get a fish, you got a good chance of winning if you're in a tournament. It's when there would be gnarly weather like that, we would get excited, those of us, because we're, we're fishing. We're in a tournament. We're fishing anyway. And uh, when it's going to be gnarly, you just know that brings your odds way in your favor if you're into it and you can handle standing up in some gnarly weather and fish hard. You got a good chance of winning because most people can't handle the weather. Most people get seasick. Most people can't stand when it's really rough. So those things make it better when you're fishing. But uh, we also have the first hurricane showing up. If you look at the uh, windy.com, if you look all the way through to Monday of next week, we got the first little spinner showing up down there off of, uh, oh my gosh, I don't even know. Down, just a little bit above uh, Central America, and it's starting to spin, and it could come up. It could, it's probably going to go away, but... That's the first sign of some warm water headed to Southern California. That's what I got to say about that. Gang, we're going to cut the show a few minutes short today. Because like I said, I got to go jump on a boat and take it to Lille from Cabo San Lucas. It's absolutely unbelievable if you look at the weather. It's going to be flat, calm, and 110 degrees with 80% humidity. I can't hardly wait. With a bunch of little kids going fishing. There's nothing better for me. I love it. I get super wound up and super excited. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow. It should be very exciting. We're going live at 12 o'clock from out on the water with all the kids. We should have fun. May, yeah, turning left. I'm going up to Sea of Cortez, cue ball. I'm going to Loretto. I ain't going right. I ain't going up the Pacific side. No, thank you. No. Going up the Sea of Cortez. We're headed up to Loretto. It's going to be beautiful up there. And uh, fishing should be good. Fishing should be good. And the diving should be good. And the water temperature is warm. And Marley, I'm sorry, bud.
Marley's already bummed. He knows he was watching me pack my backpack earlier. He's like, I can't believe you got to go again, Dad. I'm like, dude, I haven't gone fishing in almost a week. What are you talking about? So, gang, check it out. Be kind to each other. Do something fun with your family this weekend. Don't drag them out on your boat. Even if it get, even if the wind was to stop blowing on Sunday, it's still going to be sloppy and the wind, water's going to be cold. And then if they really have the red tide, hang on to your money, relax, go do something fun this weekend, and uh, watch me the next couple days live from out on the water. It should be fun. Thanks, everybody, for everything you do for Kelly Girl and I. Don't forget on the live show on Facebook and to sprinkle those stars out there, gang. They make such a huge difference. On Instagram, or excuse me, on YouTube, hit the like button and the subscribe button, please. We're growing super fast on every platform. We can always grow faster. I want all of you to help me grow faster. So hit the like button, hit the subscribe button on everything. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Follow me everywhere. I will never let you down. I'll always have cool things to talk about. And if you don't like me, don't watch me. It's super simple. You don't need to call me and tell me you don't like me. You don't need to make a comment saying you don't like the way I talk. I You can leave all those comments. I get paid by the comments. So, But it's just silly. I just don't understand. I'm not going to change. I'm 62. I'm going to do me. I get 30 million views a month. Something's working. I'm going to keep doing what I do. You guys keep doing what you do. Those of you that think you can tell me how to talk, good luck with that. Good luck. I will see you all tomorrow. If you don't like me over there on TikTok, don't watch me. It's pretty simple. I love it when you guys compare me to Donald J. Trump. I wish I was a billionaire. <laughs> wow. Crazy, man.